I'm always fascinated by everyone's encounters. And never in a million years did I think I'd have an encounter to share myself. I was hesitant to reach out, but I think it might be therapeutic in some way and help me deal with the trauma of what happened that night. You see, I was recently going through a breakup and spent a good amount of time pouting and depressed. My best friend Alex wanted to cheer me up and suggested we spend a weekend at his uncle's remote cabin in the forest near Mount Shasta. Now, I'm not the outdoors type, but I had to admit, getting out of the city sounded like a great idea. We left the Bay Area on a Friday morning and began our long drive. On the way, Alex told me Mount Shasta was known for its strange occurrences. Some of it centered around Native American folklore, but there were also reports of mysterious disappearances, strange lights in the sky, and even Bigfoot. There were also legends of an ancient city hidden deep underneath Mount Shasta itself. I wasn't sure if he was just joking, and I wondered why he didn't tell me this before I agreed to the trip. He claimed his uncle never reported anything strange. and the few times that he had been there as a kid, he hadn't seen anything either. I laughed it off because I certainly didn't believe it. We got to the cabin in the afternoon and decided to go on a hike. Alex knew a great spot where we could see a spectacular sunset. Before heading out, we packed a cooler. The weather was gorgeous, and the fresh air really helped me clear my head. About 20 minutes into the hike, I sensed something wrong. But Alex didn't seem to notice anything. He was rambling on about work problems when I realized how quiet the forest had become. No insects, no nothing. Just stillness. Suddenly, we were assaulted by this horrible smell. It was like a strong, musky body odor, but mixed with urine and rotting garbage. We weren't sure where it was coming from and continued on, hoping we'd just pass it by. Soon after, we found a half-eaten deer carcass. It was fresh enough so that the blood was still wet. Alex joked that we stumbled into Bigfoot's lair, but I didn't find it particularly funny. The day that I had been enjoying quickly went away. I was worried about bears and mountain lions and suggested we go back. That's when we heard it. A loud, ungodly screech, unlike anything I've ever heard before. Just thinking about it now gives me goosebumps. It wasn't human, that's for sure, and it echoed all around us. This was our cue to leave. We blazed down the trail, and when we finally got to the cabin, we were out of breath. We looked at each other and laughed, but we didn't talk about it. Instead, we had a drink to calm our nerves and we lit up the grill. We soon forgot about what happened, and Alex had me cracking up as we reminisced about our high school days. I lost track of time and we sat on the deck under the blanket of stars. It was pretty late when we heard it again, that creepy screeching sound. This time, it was followed by these loud whooping-like noises. It sounded like it was pretty close. We froze and I could feel the hair on the back of my neck stand up. There was this rustling in the trees around us, and we dropped everything and ran into the cabin. Alex locked the door and grabbed two of his uncle's hunting rifles. I had never used a gun before and didn't even know how to load the thing. He tried to show me, but the bullets just fell all over the floor. I glanced out the window and thought I saw a lumbering silhouette duck into the trees, but I couldn't be sure. It would have been easy for my mind to play tricks on me, but there was no mistaking the hideous sounds that thing was making. Something heavy hit the side of the cabin and shook the walls. Alex and I were scared out of our minds, and we huddled behind this couch in the middle of the living room. 
Then there was this wet splat against the window, as these whooping sounds became even more frenzied. We were too scared to look up and stayed hidden as something kept banging the cabin, again and again. I swear I thought that thing was going to break through the walls and rip us apart. It seemed like it went on forever, but I had no sense of time. At some point, all the commotion stopped, and I only remember waking up as the sun was rising. Everything was quiet. Alex was knocked out next to me, so I woke him up. We went outside to investigate, and we finally saw what had been banging the cabin the previous night. Something was throwing torn pieces of a deer carcass. Its guts had also been flung against the window, and the cabin was smeared with blood. This horrifying image has been seared into my brain ever since. Alex and I got out of there. As I jumped in the car, I noticed these huge footprints in the dirt around the perimeter. I didn't say anything. In fact, Alex and I didn't talk for the entire four and a half hours it took us back to get to the Bay Area. I haven't seen him since, and he won't even return my calls. If there's one thing I can say, at least the experience made me forget about the breakup. It just seems so insignificant in comparison. Actually, everything does. Well, thanks for letting me share my story. Getting it off my chest really helps. This experience I had when I was a kid has always really haunted me, because nothing about it made any sense, but I'm glad I can at least share it here. I grew up in rural Illinois, so I had always been used to country life, but when I was a teenager, I went to house sit for my grandparents. They lived in the middle of nowhere, Illinois. It was at least an hour away from anyone that I knew. I wasn't all that excited about being alone, but the money was good. I had actually begged them to let me do it. When I got there, I got the house all locked up and the curtains closed so that I'd feel secure in that remote location. All there was to see in any direction was corn, pretty much. I got settled in and was trying to get some of my school assignments done. I started to hear something that sounded like the back doorknob jiggling, but I convinced myself I had imagined it. But then, a little while later, I heard a definite sound of something whimpering outside. At first, I thought it was one of the cats, but then I realized it sounded more human. I tried to peek through the curtains, but I couldn't see anything at all. The crying kept getting louder and sounded more and more like a person. It actually sounded like a kid to me. I decided I'd better find out if someone was lost out there or something. So I opened up the curtains all the way and saw a girl that was lying on the deck crying. I unlocked the door and threw it open. But as soon as she heard me, she jumped up and started shrieking while looking at me right in the eye. I was really taken back, but I wanted to help her. At that point, the little girl's face started changing, and it looked like it aged about a 100 years in the space of a few seconds. I know that sounds impossible, but it was like watching a time-lapse film. She suddenly looked like an old hag. She didn't really look solid. It was like I could almost see through her. I slammed the door shut again and locked it and ran into the kitchen. I didn't know what to do, so I called my dad and told him that he needed to come out there, even though he had told me when I took the job that I'd better be sure I wanted to be out there alone. He said he would come, but said I was probably psyching myself out about a random old woman. He told me to go ahead and call the police just in case. While I was calling, the woman started banging on the window. I thought for sure she was going to break it. 
When I hung up the phone, I went and hid in the pantry. It had a door with a little window so I could keep an eye out. Plus, there were knives in there. Not that I think I could even use the knife against somebody. I was going to have to wait because the police station was pretty far away. It was really freaking me out that she was banging on the window so hard like that. But after a while, the banging stopped and it was completely quiet. I couldn't stand just to stay sitting in the pantry. I came out really quietly to peek out of the curtains. Her face was right there staring at me, but it was the face of a little girl again. She gave me this bizarre grin. Then she turned and she climbed up on the deck railing and jumped off. I ran outside. It was about 15 feet to the ground. But when I looked over, there was nothing there. And there was no sound of crying or screaming either. Eventually, a police officer showed up. But he didn't seem to take me very seriously. I mean, I'm sure the story I was telling sounded really out there. He did about a 10-minute sweep of the property and said he couldn't find any threat. It was a big farm with outbuildings and acres of corn, and he barely shone his flashlight around a few of the closer sheds. At least he agreed to stay with me until my dad got there. By the time my dad showed up, it was getting pretty late. He turned all the floodlights on outside and told me to go inside and try to relax. He was going to sit out on the deck with his shotgun. As soon as I got to the bedroom, this ungodly wailing started sounding from the cornfields. I ran back out, and my dad and I were looking out over the railing. I looked down to where the girl had jumped and saw this dark stain on the ground. It hadn't been there when I looked before. We went down and looked at it. It was just a wet patch of dirt. I was expecting it to be blood, but there was no reason for it to be wet right there. It was totally inexplicable. The wailing just stopped. By then, my dad and I were both so jumpy, we both stayed out there watching until sunrise. In the morning, we looked through all the buildings and found no sign of anyone. There was no sign of that woman ever again. But she absolutely terrified me. There were no missing person reports or anything. I was so traumatized after that. I couldn't rationalize why such a freakish thing had to happen when I was out there by myself. For a long time afterwards, I hated being alone. I couldn't stop thinking about that apparition or whatever that was. I just wanted things to make sense. I haven't been able to share my story publicly, so I'm really glad that I found your channel. My friends and family have not been so understanding, but I know your audience may have some insight as to what happened to me. I've thought about this incident nearly every day for the past 15 years, and I still don't know exactly what happened. I do believe I experienced a rip in the space-time continuum, or some other less cliche version of that. All I know is that one moment the sky was blue, then the next it was night. It happened when we were staying at my grandma's house in rural Pennsylvania during the summer. It's really just Amish country where they live and the roads are often filled with horses and buggies. When I was a kid, I loved going out to my grandma's house because it was just so different from the life that I lived in New York City. So we'd been there for over a week at this point, and my mom and older brother had been arguing really bad the whole time. We had some lunch, and my brother had criticized my mom's cooking. They were in a shouting match, so I decided I needed to get out of the house. Grandma had a small wooded area behind her house, and I loved going out there to explore. After her manicured lawn, 
a small creek divided the woods from the property. There was a thick tree branch stretched across a brook, so I used that to hop over the water, and also used some big rocks as additional stepping stones. Once I got over to the stream and into the woods, I basically just meandered about on my usual pass. Some time ago, my brother and I had set up a treehouse, so I decided I'd go and try to find it to see if it was still standing. I walked about five minutes into the woods and reached the large oak tree that once held our makeshift treehouse. Unfortunately, but not surprisingly, it was in total shambles, and I decided that it'd be foolish to climb up there. So instead, I started to turn around and walk back to the house, thinking that I'd tell my brother what it looked like. When I reached the creek this time, there was a faint white glow coming from the water. I thought that was weird, but I just figured it was the angle of the sun or something. I mean, the water looked normal except the edges and the ripples almost shined and sparkled in the light. Also, the stream was moving more quickly than usual, but not flooding or anything like that. So I had no clue why something like this would happen. I started to hop my way over the rocks and onto the branch bridge. But when my foot touched the far bank, I felt a flash of light overtake my vision and I fell flat on the ground. When I opened my eyes again, I'd thought I'd gone blind. I honestly wondered if I had hurt my eyes somehow. The world had fallen into complete darkness, even though it couldn't have been half past two in the afternoon. I managed to get myself back onto my feet and made my way back to the house. Luckily, I knew the property well and made it there without incident. I then flung open the door. There stood my mother and grandmother in the kitchen, and my grandmother was on the phone with the police. My brother was sitting quietly on the couch, but his head spun around as I opened the door. I could tell by looking at their faces that they had all been crying. Their cheeks were streaked and their eyes were red. My mom then asked where I had been and said I knew I wasn't allowed to be gone that long. Apparently, I had been gone for hours. I watched as her face moved between anger and being relieved to see me alive. I couldn't understand it at first because I only walked just about five minutes into the woods. They said they searched and called my name and went down to the brook, but they never saw any signs of me. I still don't know what happened, but I do believe that somehow I was caught in this time warp. There's no other reasonable explanation for what happened, except for something supernatural. I couldn't have fallen or gotten lost or disoriented because my family searched the area. They would have seen me because I didn't go that far. They would have literally had to step over my body if they were in the area of the creek. It is just impossible that I was near where they were looking and not some otherworldly place. Still, none of them believed me, and my mom was always very adamant that I do not share my story with teachers or friends. When I saw the videos on your channel about portals in the woods and energy fields, I realized that I wasn't alone in this experience. And my story was not and is not insane. I'm still looking for answers, but I'm just glad that I didn't lose too much time away from the real world. I never saw any other abnormalities in the stream, but I can't easily go back there and check it out because my grandmother ended up passing away a few years ago. After that, my family sold the property, but the new owners seemed relatively kind. I am thinking of writing to them to see if they mind if I could visit and walk around. I'm not going to mention any strange incidents to them, but maybe I'll just say that I want to go back to the area of my childhood treehouse. That should work good enough.
Either way, even if I go or not, surely there must be something more to this story and something paranormal going on with that creek. Hello, Donovan. Here is a story from back when I lived in Washington, D.C. We lived in a small suburb which is split between Maryland and D.C., known as Tacoma Park. TKPK, as they call it, is known as a very progressive and kind of hippie village inside the Beltway of D.C. Some call it Berkeley of the East. We bought our first home there as it was relatively inexpensive to buy a home there at the time inside the Beltway. This house was pretty old and sat atop a slight hill providing you a bit of an overlook towards downtown D.C. You couldn't see much but an interesting view nonetheless. The property had a long staircase that was very steep leading to the front porch of the home. One night, as I was having a cigarette on the front porch around 1 a.m., at that time the neighbors would have been in bed, as to not see me smoking. I had my periods of being off and on, but for the most part, I don't smoke. As I was smoking, I began hearing this loud thumping sound. Yet, it was more of a clap than a thump. It sounded like someone was running with sneakers on, but there was something very unordinary about it. I looked around trying to identify the sound. When I peered down from the perch I had on our porch, to my surprise, there is a creature standing less than a foot running at an incredibly fast speed right down the middle of our avenue. It looked kind of like a Jesus lizard running across the water, but I could clearly see it had a small head and body like a human. Honestly, it happened so fast I can't really pinpoint a description. The area does have wildlife. It was common to have does and bucks and flying squirrels and foxes in our yard at times. Though I had never seen anything like that, especially darting down the middle of the road. To this day, I still haven't a clue as to what I saw. How are you, Donovan? I've been watching your channel for quite some time. I have two stories that fall under the strange or weird. The first one is a strange series of events a few weeks ago. I'm a bit of a night owl, and I don't sleep until like 5 or 6 a.m. One night, I had gone to sleep earlier, but as I was lying there, I heard this strange noise outside my window. It was like a strange chirping noise around 4 a.m. There's no owls near my house. Cats occasionally wander in my neighborhood, but not near my house. I call it chirping, but it wasn't like how a bird chirps. It was more like two different sets of chirping. It sounded like two creatures talking. I use the term creatures because the next day I asked a family member to check the area as I had to work. I have a photo of a footprint I can't identify. No one in my house would be awake at that time, nor does it look like a shoe. I saw the area after I'd gotten out of work. It was still there and looks humanoid. I haven't heard anything like it since, but it's had me on alert. My second strange event happened in 2016, and nearby my house. I had gone for a walk in the summer and kind of lost track of time. It was near 9 p.m., and I was walking towards my neighborhood, as I saw this strange being. It looked like it was camouflaged like the predator, but shaped like a person. It kind of took the shape of myself. It was about my height, around 5'7", and kind of thin. I could vaguely see through it. It was about 10 feet away from me. I was hesitant to move closer to it, 
I took a few steps to move closer. It started to disappear after I started moving closer to it. I finally walked home in a hurry and tried to put it out of my mind. Back in the mid-70s, I was given temporary duty orders to a school at the Naval Air Station in Pensacola, Florida. This was a four-month school at the Navy Hospital there, so I was able to take my wife and our one-year-old daughter along with me. We were lucky enough to find an available one-bedroom apartment immediately off the causeway to the main gate of the base. This was an older apartment complex, probably about 30 years old or so. With our move and disruption to our lives, this gave our daughter some challenges, and it was very hard for her to fall asleep in our bedroom. For weeks, she would often cry for hours and hours before she went to sleep. So one night, we decided to let her stay in the room and cry until she would finally fall asleep. My wife and I stayed in the living room, watching the television with all of the lights off, except for the bathroom light. After a while, we heard a rattling noise from the front door. Thinking it was our neighbors coming home, we turned toward the door and noticed something very strange. Soon thereafter, our daughter stopped crying. After a few minutes, my wife turned to me and asked me if I saw something. I told her that I had. I saw an older woman in a nightgown float through the wall from the hallway and through the door to our bedroom. She was luminous and was indeed floating and not walking. My wife responded that this is exactly what she witnessed as well. It was immediately after that that our daughter stopped crying. From then on, she never had a problem falling asleep at night. Needless to say, my wife and I slept in the living room during the rest of our stay there in Florida. Once you witness something like that, there is no one that could ever convince either of us that ghosts don't exist. 